Hey, who made you a disc jockey? Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. It's episode 171. <laughs> and broadcasting live from the beautiful Salvation Army combination AA meeting space <laughs> slash nuclear fallout shelter in Brockton, Massachusetts. It's the 2017 Crises Awards. <laughs> Celebrating the absolute best, worst, and most horrifying achievements in comics and genre entertainment. This most anticipated event in comics spares no expense in putting together the finest in award shows featuring event planning by Nick Spencer, vote tabulation by Marvel's issue numbering department, Japanese catering by Akiro Yoshida. Oh, wait, that's actually C.B. Sibulski. Okay, catering by C.B. Sibulski, everybody. The man knows his ramen. <laughs> Female talent relations by Eddie Berganza. <laughs> Jesus. With event timing provided by Nick Lowe, editor of Miracle Man. Featuring performances by Alan Moore impersonator Jeff Johns. We're fired. <laughs> Comedy by either Zack Snyder or Joss Whedon. You won't be able to tell the difference. <laughs> Escape artistry by Ben Affleck. And a flat, depressing holographic performance by dead artist Rorschach and the Comedian. Jesus. And now, your host of the 2017 Crises Awards. Uh, yeah, it's us. It's me and Amanda. Hi. <laughs> Ah, uh, that that applause warms my heart. Uh, yeah, it's uh, about a week late. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still January, so we're still okay. I mean, shit, the Grammys are tonight, so yeah, I, we are I, the cool alternative to the Grammys. Everybody is the cool alternative <laughs> to the Grammys. <laughs> Some wino on the street screaming, "You're awesome! Can I have a cigarette?" That guy's doing better than the Grammys usually. Yeah. Do. So yeah, we do this every year. What's this, like the fourth time? I think so. Uh, somebody might give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, we try to go through and uh, <laughs> through, through weird means, yes. try to figure out what we thought the best and worst uh, stuff from the previous year was. And those weird means include, we started a Google Doc. I wrote one thing in it. Uh, yeah, I think I wrote two. I think somewhere in May, I'm like, oh shit, I better add something to this doc. And then I forgot about it again. And then I didn't even look at it to come up with my list of shit for this year. And then I have to go back and like look at everything that we've done on the podcast over the last year to remind myself what I've actually read. Yeah. Yeah. I go back through all my uh, my show prep notes that I save on my computer. And that was tough because the last computer died due to an unfortunate accident of about a quart of Irish coffee going into the power <laughs> supply. So I didn't have any notes before April. <laughs> And uh, also, uh, our studio is in the basement because we are basement dwelling geeks. We are. Uh, <laughs> it gives Let's us own our, that. It gives us our street cred. Living our best life, such as these things are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to basement dwelling geeks, everyone. All right. This is for all of you. We have a packed house here at the Salvation Army AA facility in Brockton, Massachusetts. But okay, that's enough. Giving right, us the you. side eye and want us to leave. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to admit? Yeah, you people suck. <laughs> and uh, unofficially brought to you by the fine people at Berkshire Brewing Company, Coffee House Porter. Because mm, they, they appreciate you bringing that to the AA meeting. <laughs> it's mine. They can't have it anyway. Uh, Coffee House Porter, because it's in 16-ounce cans, which I think we're going to need for this show. 
maximum amounts of beer. You have like three tall boy pounders there. <laughs> exactly. And if everything fails, we'll switch to the Narragansett. I'm not proud. Okay. Whatever it takes to get through this. Okay. Because after all... We promised these scumbags a show. So, you know, the Rebel Yell is just right over there. I know, but uh, the show should be longer than 10 minutes before I start <laughs> screaming horrible recriminations at people. Okay. So yeah, weird me going through show notes. Uh, oh yeah, I said since uh, the the studios in the basement, the comic books we talk about every week find their way down here. Mm. So you were picking through just the books that were down here to try to remember what the hell we talked about for I, the last four I or five months. Subjected myself to some real awfulness to to try to find my worst. Yeah, <laughs> I did it for you. Yeah, we've uh, <laughs> we've got some uh, we have some legitimate winners here mm. and some things that uh, Amanda and I we've not. We've disclosed a couple of the, uh, our individual categories. Drunkenly, because we're so excited about doing this show, I'll, I'll be like, and you know what else I wrote down? <laughs> yeah, so, but even that I can't remember them particularly <laughs> well because I was drunk. So yeah, we, I know there's going to be a few arguments on here. So it's should okay. be should be good radio, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> just just two partners screaming at each other. Yeah. I love doing this show. It's a real production. <laughs> it's a real production effort. No, I meant to stop it. Damn it. <laughs> You're fired. Oh, uh, I'm the worst. <laughs> okay. Uh, do we want to just get uh, right into things? Let's. Uh, okay. Uh, our first uh, category is Best Comic Series or Miniseries for 2017. So, Amanda, you want to go first with yours? Sure. I actually, I, I have a handful because I can't choose. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, I've I've got one with a runner-up, okay. but uh, well, certainly, I, certainly feel free. <laughs> I, I wrote down um, the Wildstorm, which is Warren Ellis's reimagining of Wildstorm. Uh, the <laughs> yes, the, it's uh, a... the, the the comic book line in which he had the authority in Stormwatch and other associated characters, and I'm I'm just enjoying how he's sort of reimagining it and being able to take these characters into a new decade using similar sorts of um, ideas, but but brought into the now. So like he's got characters that are going after other um, popular heroes that he's reimagining completely differently. Like he's got Michael Cray <laughs> going after all of the CW heroes. Well, it's uh, Michael Cray. Ellis is not, uh, no, but he's he, not writing it. He's coming up with plots. I yeah. forget who's writing that, unfortunately, because it's, but it's spun out of this new Wildstorm book. Yeah. I enjoyed this one a lot too. Uh, it took a little while to ramp up for me. There was a particular issue where, yeah, we started to see some of the other characters from the authority. Yep. I think in the latest issue, we finally saw Jack Hawksmore yep. show up. Yep. So, as more and more of the characters come into it, it's been it, – we've talked about it before. The Authority books and the Stormwatch books were sort of my entry back into superhero mm -hmm. comics in 2000. So they've got a real soft spot for me to see them come back like this. It took a little while to ramp up, but it, I'm it, well, really enjoying it. Yeah, what's, what uh, sold it for me completely is the reintroduction of the real Jenny Quantum <laughs> as opposed to the Jenny Soul nonsense that they got into during uh, – the new 52. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only upside of keeping with that would be, <laughs> just to show how old we are, yeah, Jenny uh, Soul, I guess, as she is now, would uh, would be legal this year. <laughs> Jesus. Aging in real time, as they tried to do with that character for a while. Yeah. Ill-advisedly. Ill-advisedly. For no reason at all. But anyway, yeah, Jenny Quantum's back, bitches. <laughs> That's about one of my favorite things in comics. 
<laughs> just, just having a Jenny Quantum uh, with the old Jenny Sparks yeah. uh, Union Jack t-shirt, yep, yep. except black and white now. Yep. Okay. Um, but my, my other runner-ups, runners-up were Shaolin Cowboy, um, Who Will Stop the Rain. It took me a second to find it. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just wasn't sure if I rendered you speechless because I was invoking Jeff Darrow. Uh, no, I, I, had a beard, <laughs> I had a beard in one hand, a mouse in the other. I'm like, oh. It's, it's, it's the one thing I wrote in the database <laughs> that we were keeping. <laughs> yeah, spreadsheet. That, yeah, that was also really good. I mean, the story... The story in the Shaolin Cowboy books that I've read almost doesn't matter. But it, it's it's so intense and intricate in its its design. It, the, just the general absurdity of what's going on. You know, fighting giant monster pigs and telepathic crab villains. Oh, yeah. Some horrible telepathic <laughs> crab on some wretched, racist Florida Meth woman. Head, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and But if you go into each panel is just this cornucopia of little Easter eggs. <laughs> Yeah, it's the art alone. You can sit with that book for... It could be a fast read if you just want the weird, goofy story and some quick action, but you are rewarded with Jeff Darrow art for just sitting there and looking at every panel. Yeah. Every every potato chip wrapper <laughs> is fully rendered with a logo. Every candy wrapper that goes by, every storefront sign is a weird cyberpunk dick joke. Yeah, There's just plenty there to reward just... Hanging out with every panel. The sky is full of filthy birds that talk shit and pterodactyls and... <laughs> they got my dick missing! There you go. <laughs> Smoking cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they got Parker in that. Yeah, uh, I don't Par- know. <laughs> Parker hates and fears my e-cigarette. He's wise to do it. Yes. But it's, it's just... It floors me every issue that that he can have so many ideas and... And that he has the time and the ability to put them into panels without getting carpal tunnel. <laughs> yeah, and nice guy. We've met him at panels. We got a couple of great pieces from him, so it was good to see. Although, I can't find the original Shaolin Cowboy. There was a hmm. full compendium released at some point, like five or six years ago, and it's out of print, and it's wicked expensive now. Hmm. So yeah, that original Shaolin Cowboy story that uh, I think was uh, Burly Man Entertainment, the uh, the Wachowski sisters uh old imprint from the early 2000s. I just, I can't fucking find it. It's huh. killing me. Okay, well. If anybody has it, I'll offer you a reasonable price. Trust me, this show has a big budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, uh, okay, you can stop now. My other, my other runner-up was Baby Teeth by Donnie Cates, who is um, my pick for favorite writer this year, just in general. He's all over the place. He's doing great work on Doctor Strange, Redneck, yeah. uh, and now Baby Teeth. It just... <laughs> Yeah, we came to that wicked late. It was at our local store. Uh, we talked to the owner, and he he pointed out the trade when it came out, and he said, you know, nobody's buying this book, so I don't order very much, but people really speak well of it. So because of that, I picked it up, and yeah, that was that was solid. Yeah, it's it's a unwed mother who's given birth to the Antichrist, and and now all of all of these evangelical ninjas are coming after her. <laughs> evangelical ninjas will be the name of my next podcast, <laughs> by the way. But uh, yeah, and uh, the protagonist's sister. Particularly, oh, was she's, one my, of your she's my new hero. <laughs> she's just foul mouthed and violent. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Amanda, I would say, wants to be, but it really is. She broke my wrist uh, wrestling once. <laughs> I need help. Send exfiltration. I need help. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That was a terrible joke. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I have on, on my best list. You got to say, well, I got a beer in my hand. I can do the. For no reason at all. Okay. <laughs> this show's already descending into fucking madness. 
One person can't produce an award show. I'm learning very quickly. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can, you, folks. You have this. I'm trying. Thank same you. Same conversation with Thank yourself you. every year, and then you forget. Well, <laughs> I'd love to bring somebody in. <laughs> Who and why? And what would I have to have on them to get them in here, for true. Christ's sake? It's true. Come to our basement. No, really. <laughs> We're going to close the door. <laughs> it's soundproof down there. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, so yeah, I, I just had one, uh, but I did have a runner-up. Uh, so my best comic series, mini-series of the year, Amanda, I don't think you're going to agree with this, but uh, I think you'll recognize it when I say it. Nick Fury, written by James <laughs> Robinson, art by... <laughs> don't giggle at it. It was, it was a damn good book. It didn't get a lot of play. We reviewed a couple issues on the show, and I know that you had particular issues with the art. You found it somewhat confusing. And I, I can understand that, particularly early on. Uh, it was a little busy and hard to follow. Clearly, Akko was trying to do a whole lot of shit yeah. in not very many panels. And I don't know if as the book went on, this is a very weird thing to, to say about, oh, this is my best series of the year. It was really hard to read to start. <laughs> but it's true, as it went along, I don't know if he either loosened up and his storytelling got a little looser, or I just learned how to read it better, but by the end of the six issues, I wasn't having anywhere near the problems that you particularly complained about to start with. Yeah, it was a Marvel series in 2017 that wasn't connected to an event. (laughs) It didn't take place in any real continuity. It had the loosest connections to anything happening anywhere in the Marvel Universe. But yeah, it was six one-and-dones, only very loosely tied together based on one character, and it hit all the high points of like old James Bond and Jim Steranko, Nick Fury stories with action and casino scenes and scuba diving and flying fucking cars. And it was goddamn glorious. You could pick it up anywhere and just have fun with it. I mean, that first issue that we reviewed on the show, it was an entire James Bond flick from gimmick watches to boat chases and femme fatales. They had a character named Oric Goldfellow, I think. <laughs> yes. It's a, everything but James Bond in 20 pages, and every fucking issue was like that. I had a great time with this book. That's good. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> it's good. Okay, thank you. I see <laughs> Stop. God. Is your no. <laughs> <laughs> your, your appearances later, hero. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, if you keep in mind, this this book was coming out in the middle of that whole Kobik, Point Pleasant, Secret yep. Wars arc that ended up with S.H.I.E.L.D. being dissolved, and absolutely none of that shit was in this miniseries. Right. It, it was just S.H.I.E.L.D. and big, fun stories, and in a year that was just shit for Marvel. It, it, was, it, a high, it was a high point for Marvel, yeah, I, I just, will grant you that. Just this fun little thing off in the corner that was self-contained, that was just meant to be fun and awesome, and they should really be doing more stuff like this. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I would like to see them do more with that. Hopefully they will this year. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know you didn't have as much fun with that series as I did, but you know, I'm a dude, so James Bond somewhere, even Sorry. though I'm not the world's biggest James Bond fan. But it, I, I can see you know, the, the Storanko stuff, I can see where that spoke to you. So, Yes, that in particular. So uh, I had a lot of fun with that. The, the runner-up, uh, Mage the Hero Denied. Oh, of um, course you would pick that. <laughs> and it's 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 almost impossible to say whether it'll be awesome, but it's been a lot of fun so far. I mean, the, the I've been enjoying that one. Yeah, I think it's only like uh, a quarter done at this point. I mean, Jesus, I drink cherry coke because of Kevin Matchstick. <laughs> so, and yeah, the latest issue that came out like two weeks ago was the first callback 
since the like first issue in 1986 that calls back to, yeah, Kevin Matchstick drinks cherry Coke, and I almost <laughs> jizzed in my pants. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm not the only one who didn't forget. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a, those are my two big ones, everybody, for my favorites. Good choices. Comic Good choices. series, miniseries. So, uh, once I press one of these buttons, I don't know how to get out, how to get out of it. <laughs> Just a slow fade or... Uh, Die, band, die! There we go. And I don't know how to get out of this one. This is a shit show. <laughs> You're just playing yourself off. <laughs> uh, and a special appearance by Heat Wave. I burn my family alive, and I like to light things on fire. I'll just go through all the buttons at there you this go. point. <laughs> all right. Uh, should we move on to the, the next the category? Worst. Worst comic series and miniseries of the year. Uh, once again, you, you want to go first, Amanda? Sure. I have a, I have a short note here. Uh, Secret Empire. Nazi Steve blows Nazi goats. <laughs> we'll be hearing about Secret Empire later. Guaranteed. <laughs> I personally guarantee it. Secret Empire sucked so hard. I, I can't even... It, it, it created the kind of suck that you need an event horizon to clear. Uh, yes. It was... a. Uh, truly awful it was a it was tough right out of the gate yeah um from the the zero issue and the free comic book day issue that had nazi captain america being worthy to pick up thor's hammer yeah there's just it it just it turned my stomach every time i i read it and i read it because we have the show (laughs) yeah that's the hell of doing this it's the double hell of all right we got to read these things because it's good radio to complain about them yeah but we also don't get review copies so we just we pay our money just to hate, <laughs> to hate into a microphone. Yeah, no spawn con here. No, no, we <laughs> spend our own money so that we can spew vitriol into the into the <laughs> interspace, inter intertron <laughs> space, yes. <laughs> the comics intertrons. Uh, I, I agree. Um, we have another category where uh, Secret Empire fit uh, ah, better for me. Okay, uh, but trust me, it, it wasn't in best. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh. Anyway. The best thing that we can say about Secret Empire is that it's over. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's over, and Marvel is very much, at least, giving hit. the illusion of being changed at the end of it. Yeah. Hit, hit the hard reset. Not a reboot. Marvel doesn't do reboots. No. They don't do reboots. Uh, <laughs> they also don't learn anything ever, apparently. <laughs> Uh, with Marvel Legacy right now. Oh, a lot of things look different. Mm. The biggest thing that looks different is suddenly DC Comics might have more books about people talking around a table. Yeah, Starting with Action Comics <laughs> 1000, which I'm looking forward to. Yes. Is that uh, under an anticipated note for you? Uh, it is not, but it's anticipated. But it, it's hard to say what I anticipate from Bendis at DC because that's the only thing they've announced is one short story in this big Superman anthology book. Bring back Booster and Beetle. Yes. That's, that's, <laughs> give to Bendis. I, I just, yeah, give him a Justice League International. <laughs> Set it in the 80s, yeah. for Christ's sake. Just retro stories. That's fine. I'm okay with it. There's no need to bring it into modern continuity. They tried to do it with Justice League 3000, and mm-hmm. I like that book. Should have brought Kevin Maguire back. but Should have. <laughs> but what, what can I say? It's DC Comics, and uh, they occasionally make mistakes. Why? It's the end of the <laughs> It always is. It always is. <laughs> it always is. So... 
So yeah, it's it's hard to say how much I anticipate. And let's face it, Bendis' return, his one announced story right now, the publicity on that is second to the fact that Superman's underpants are coming back in that book. I have never seen so many articles about a pair of underwear. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when you're de- when you're a legendary Marvel writer moving to DC and your debut is getting knocked under Superman's underpants coming back, you gotta be going, I made a fucking mistake. What have I done? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> So what was your worst? Uh, this is not really my worst. Uh, my my gut tells me America, okay. ri- written by Gabby Rivera, but that's not fair. Well, it, it wasn't for you. It, yeah, it's look, make no mistake, I hated that first issue. It was not a good book. I am not the person it was written for. I'm a white guy in my mid-40s. I guarantee you I am the last person that Gabby Rivera is writing for, and that is okay. I should not be expected to like a book that was in no way written for me, so... I'm disqualifying America from being worse, just like I'd be disqualifying books by Rachel Ray or anybody else who would write something that by design is meant to be liked by somebody other than me. So, Rachel Ray can't write. (laughs) She can can hire a dude. (laughs) All right. So... Uh, and, and even this one is not, I'm not going to put it as my worst. It was most disappointing Okay. that by the end of it, I was really upset. And I, was, I will cop to the fact, I think it was I was upset by it based on what I brought to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to go with Hulk, uh, written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Nico Leon, at least for the first arc, which is where I kind of punched out. Okay, uh, that's, that's fair. Yeah, it's most disappointing and most, because I had really high hopes for it and it was just based on the hype. Yeah. The based on the hype, and the covers that showed a version of She-Hulk that we'd never seen before. I mean, she'd been taken out by Thanos at the beginning of Civil War II, had PTSD. She wasn't just going to walk around being She-Hulk all day with a snappy quip. Yeah. That yeah, was something interesting. And the, and the visuals on the covers, the covers were spectacular. And that's mm-hmm. what, being the advanced hype, that's what drew me into it. I don't think we've ever had a raging She-Hulk since I was a little kid. Yeah. And they introduced her. We got one glimpse of it. In Bendis's Avengers Disassembled. Right. Which uh, was great. Yeah, which is one of the most memorable moments in that book. So you're telling me, okay, you're gonna give me a whole book of that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on board with that. And we're we're talking about a character that's really best known for breaking the fourth wall with jokes. Right. With John Byrne in the eighties and up to a certain point with Dan Slott in the early two thousands. And yeah, having Jennifer Walters be gray kind of name check the Peter David run on the Hulk. Sure. So yeah, I was really excited by that. And yeah, with Bruce Banner dead, thanks to Civil War II, Jennifer Walters really could have moved up into that spot. It would have been really new and exciting. And then we got into it, and the goddamn series went full poochie. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> it was five fucking issues of the Hulk that I read, and it was a, it was a book about a lawyer with PTSD. <laughs> Had a shut-in client with a shitty landlord. That was what the book was. We didn't see the fucking Hulk for at least the first four issues. And then, yeah, fourth issue or fifth issue, I gave up. Yeah. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I paid like either 16 or $20 on a comic book titled Hulk with legitimately awesome covers by Jeff DeCall showing the Hulk. And the Hulk wasn't in the fucking book. You see more of the Hulk or this Hulk in... Uh Thor 700 than you do in that entire four four or five issues. Yeah. <laughs> and that was awesome. <laughs> that version of Hulk fighting that version of Thor, that was great. Yeah. And and again, I, I'm, I'll cop to... It. Probably I was disappointed by this because I interpreted the marketing wrong. You know? But with that said, look, 
a big part of Daredevil is that Matt Murdock is a guilt-ridden lawyer, mm. but that's not why I buy Daredevil. Right. If Daredevil was actually titled Matt Murdock, Mopey Attorney, I probably would spend my $4 somewhere else. Yeah, it really feels like instead of calling it Hulk, they should have just called it Jen Walters. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it was a perfectly good book about Jennifer Walters suffering the after effects of nearly being killed by Thanos. Sure. But it's a shitty Hulk book. Yes. I, I will also fully admit, I, I punched out, it may have become awesome after those first five, six issues. It well, might be the best thing, book on the stands right now. You, I don't know. You can only spend so much time waiting for something to get good, and then after that, you're not really obligated to follow it. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's that's the one I'll go with. Uh <laughs> A Hulk book with no Hulk. Even I'm playing me off at this point. A year without a Hulk. (laughs) Year without a Hulk. (laughs) I put the buttons too far apart is a problem. I can't do this smoothly. Then again, this show has never been smooth. All right. Uh, Best single issue. Best single issue. Okay, hold on. Best single issue of 2017. I have Spectacular Spider-Man number six by Chip Zdarsky with art by Michael Walsh. This is the issue in which Peter is being interviewed by J. Jonah Jameson for his blog. <laughs> that was really good. I wish I'd thought of that one. That was... <laughs> and... and Jonah just can't get out of his own damn way and it and continues to just be an absolute asshole to Peter and Peter finally unmasks to Jonah. Yeah, this was a really surprising issue to me because Jonah reacted in no way like it. It was really well written by Zadarsky. Yeah. And that's still a weird thing for me to say. <laughs> Excellent writing by Chip Zadarsky, the guy who trolls Applebee's on Facebook. <laughs> uh, that's how he built his writing skills. <laughs> I guess, because... Yeah, it's I always pictured Jonah would be he'd be enraged that Peter had been just lying to his face and just the the very different reaction <laughs> that makes total sense in the way that Zadarsky presented it and explained it. And yeah, having these two characters face to face and finally fully understanding each other was yeah, it was really a good issue. Yeah. I wish I'd thought of that one. <laughs> you gotta come down here and and, and- paw through the stacks of comics that we have that are in no way a fire hazard. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I would, but then I have to come back upstairs. It's just too many stairs. We have a lot of stairs. Too many stairs. I think we would be with. in better shape. This show would be better if this house was on one floor. <laughs> All right, that, that was a good one. Uh, just just the one that you've got? Yeah, in that, in that particular case. Although when we get to, to worst, I have, a, I have a one and a runner-up. Okay. Um, yeah, for this one, Nick Fury number one was a real contender here, but uh, yes, uh, I instead am going to go with Batman Elmer Fudd number one nice. by Tom King, art by Lee Weeks. I could not find that book. I was looking for that book. It, it, neither could I. We bought it when it came out, and it's somewhere in the house. I have no idea where. Yeah, I had to, uh, I had to find a uh, <laughs> version uh, online to reread it to make sure it was as good as I remembered, and it was so fucking good yeah no honestly as a runner-up i almost put uh roadrunner lobo which was also <laughs> every single one of the dc looney tunes books which when they announced them i was like really really we're gonna do this <laughs> batman and elmer fudd yeah. lobo and anybody bugs and the legion yeah but <laughs> um, 
almost to a one. They were imaginative and fun. I mean, yeah. And, but yeah, the best one for me, Batman Elmer Fudd, reimagining those Bugs Bunny characters as just crime alley low lives. Elmer Fudd is a hitman. <laughs> Bugs is just a weaselly dude who just crosses the wrong people for no reason and just lies to get on Elmer's hit list. Porky owns the bar, this dive <laughs> shithole all these guys drink in. Foghorn Leghorn is a ginger biker. Uh, Marvin, <laughs> Marvin the Martian is just a drunken loner who just constantly mutters about he wants to blow people up. Oh, he's me. There you go. <laughs> Tweety's the snitch, of, of course. course. He sings. And uh, the weirdest story, Elmer was, it's a full noir story. <laughs> Elmer is a hitman who was fucking... Silver Saint Cloud. <laughs> and she's a femme fatale who is trying to play both ends against the middle to escape this life of vigilantism and crime. So, yeah, Elmer decides he wants to kill Bruce Wayne. <laughs> he breaks into Wayne Mansion in the middle of a party, shoots Bruce, and then just goes home. And then Batman comes after him because you know, <laughs> Bruce is wearing a bulletproof. And then Elmer Fudd, Elmer fucking Fudd, shoots it out with the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's, You're right. I might have chosen wrong. And, <laughs> and then Elmer Fudd teams up with the Batman to hunt down Bugs Bunny. They're hunting rabbits. <laughs> it's glorious. They, Tom King turns Looney Tunes into a fucking Raymond Chandler story with yeah, the killers, Fen Fates Halls, the good guys that aren't. They're not that far from the bad guys and. And he finds a way to make it end with Porky saying, that's all, folks. It was perfect. I expected nothing from this book going in, and it was just awesome. It was fantastic. And, and Batman wasn't emo at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little bit. He was a little wistful for Saint for Silver. Yeah, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I know you have problems with Tom King. It's, that, that's half of what the show's been based on since 2017. But even you have to admit, this is fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm willing to say when something's good, and that was very good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Again, when DC announced they were going to do this stuff, I, I rolled my eyes. There's really not been a bad one in the bunch. The Jetsons right now. Has, yeah. Uh, I mean, my favorite is still the Flintstones, I think. Yes. Uh, that was also a contender for best miniseries for me. But yeah, but this one was just sublime. It was fucking Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was fantastic. Batman Elmer Fudd. Yeah, the Flintstones was on my short list. Yeah, that's uh, part of I, I think it started in 2016. Yeah, that's part of why I said, all right, you yeah. know, I'll just sort of put that aside. But, all right. Anything else, or should we move on to? Oh, let's move on to the, the next. The worst single issue. All righty. Okay. Are you ready for this? Worst single issue of 2017, Amanda. Are you ready for this, Jelly? <laughs> no. Man Thing number one, R.L. Stein. <laughs> Man Thing number one. Just fucking why? Why? <laughs> Man Thing goes to Hollywood, as, as one does. He brought his Man Thing to <clears throat> Hollywood. hey oh. <laughs> All right, I tried. It was I it tried. was not a good book. It was, <laughs> and I can't even say like because he's a kids author. So there's a part of me that's like, maybe it just wasn't intended for me. But no, it shit writing is shit writing. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was uh that was bad. It was <laughs> not good. Uh anything else or? 
No, I mean, at, at this point, though, you know, fuck it. Give it to whoever writes Sweet Valley High. Let's see what they can do with it. I- <laughs> okay. Uh, in that case, uh, I will announce uh, my worst single issue for 2017. Worst single issue for 2017. Yeah, fucking man thing number one. It was so <laughs> fucking bad. It was it was terrible. But look, as, as an effort from for Marvel to widen their audience, they do this sometimes. And so does DC. Bring in a famous writer... Uh, of other stuff. In this case, it's a scary story writer for kids in the 90s, which means his target demographic would now be around 30, and yet this guy is still writing for children, so he's not going to fucking please anybody with this shit. <laughs> and it's... I, I I don't remember a lot around the issue. You you found it, I imagine, yeah, down here. Yeah. It's a... Yeah, Man-Thing... You know, Man-Thing. They who no fear burn at the touch of the Man-Thing. That Man-Thing, yeah, in Hollywood with one-liners and a shitty sense of humor and now he can talk and he's got an agent or some shit and he's going to parties. He's got a shitty line for everything that happens to him and nobody burns at his touch. No. (laughs) His one gimmick. (laughs) It's like Green Lantern football coach. Okay. (laughs) What are you going to do Green Lantern stuff? We're going to work on the fundamentals. <laughs> Picture Bill Belichick as Green Lantern. We're going to work on the fundamentals. Can you show me a force fist? Uh, yes, Tom Brady is feeling, uh, he's, his hand is better. And we're, no, we want to see you fly. And uh, no, we're just doing uh, suicide sprints. And, I just want to help the ball club. Yeah, I just want to help the ball club. Tell nobody anything. Man thing's one gimmick. The, the only person that got burned was me. Four fucking dollars on this goddamn thing. <laughs> Thanks, was, Marvel. This weird piece of hot fucking experimental garbage. Is this even still... I don't even know if they hired him for more than like two issues. I have no idea. So I, I saw the second issue and turned my back. Yeah. And, it's like, and we're done here. <laughs> and I think, I think the owner of our local store quietly just stopped ordering it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't just because of us. It was because it sucked. Oh, it was so fucking bad. So. It sucked. I, I do have a runner-up. Okay. Uh, my my runner-up for the worst single issue of t- 2017, Batman number 25 by Tom King with art by Michael Jan- Jannon. Which uh, one this was is that one? War of Jokes and Riddles Part 1. Now, on the surface of it, as you start reading it... As I recall this being pretty good, so please defend. Well... My memory might be shot. I, I read I read 24 and 25 back to back. 24 was a uh, prelude. Uh, every beginning is the end of... I don't know, whatever. It, it, that one had um, David Finch art. But uh, <laughs> Okay, that was the one with... Uh, we talked about this. Gotham with Girl. Gotham Girl. Yeah. Uh, showing her jugs and he's, in, and he, in pathos. Yeah, and he's all like, I'm scared. And she's all like, you told us that being scared is just an opportunity to be brave. And it's not really about like crime it's about he's going to propose to selena and it's just you want to throw up a lot <laughs> yes <laughs> um but 25 is you you get sucked in because you're like this is actually i think this is gonna be a great issue the riddler is is kind of gangster and 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 he's he's jacked and i'm wondering because this is a story that takes place early in the batman's career i'm like does he contract a tapeworm like how does he get all skinny and weasley like i don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah, he's all he's all jacked and has this plan where he's gonna get together with the Joker and they're gonna take out Batman together because in his mind he realizes you know if one of them does it before the other one does they're just gonna be pissed at each other so they should join forces and Joker's reaction is to shoot him or stab him. <laughs> yeah, no, that, it was solid. And then 
you get to the end and you realize that this whole fucking story is just so much friggin' pillow talk, presumably <laughs> so that Bruce can distract Selena from realizing she's sleeping in the wet spot. <laughs> dragging this right out of like I'm into it I'm into it I'm not into it I'm not into it you you don't need to tell a sob story about a thing that that you really have to unburden yourself about to Selena she already said yes and slept with you you are not going to impress her further she said yes man now I will say that the the one thing that is commendable about the book is Janin's art I've really enjoyed watching his work over time, um, going yeah, back we, to like Justice League Dark. I think that's the first time that we saw him. Yeah. Art is spectacular, and it's the only thing that keeps the book from not 100% sucking. Because when you, especially after looking at uh, Finch's work, and there are a lot of people who like Finch, and that's fine, but constantly looking in issue 24 at Gotham Girls' Come Fuck Me Face, where she just you know, <laughs> jugs out O-Face, uh, f- close-ups of the bat cod piece, just <laughs> like everything was like tits and, and cod piece. It was just... Tits and cod piece. <laughs> that can't be a title of no. the show. We'll get kicked off the internet. So it's like, you know, it, it, it made the emo dithering of, of Batman that much worse because then the art. So... Janin's art in 25 at least softens the blow of realizing that this is fucking pillow talk story. But even that's not as weird as the whole Selena Bruce we're getting married thing goes. It's <laughs> the, the weirdest moment is when uh, they what is it they, they found out uh, the bat kids Robin yeah. and Nightwing found out from Alfred yeah. <laughs> by accident. <laughs> Whoops. And, and fucking Braddy Damien he, he's so ups- upset and he cannot believe it and he says I burn my family alive and I like to light things on fire. <laughs> I had to find a way to sneak it in. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was racing ahead to like the the one issue so far that hasn't sucked has been the one where Selena and Talia threw down. That was all right. <laughs> that was solid. It's a I know the issues you have with Tom King, but when he is on, it is amazing. But there are times well, that's when just he's it. not on. It was it was on and it was on. And then it was No, stop fucking moping. <laughs> he can't. He can't. Ever since the moment of the button when he realized, oh, my father, he would not want me to be Batman. You know, my father, who was fucking Batman. <laughs> And did he just? I'll, I'll be Batman with guns because I got a fucking schedule. I can't spend. <laughs> I'm not starting at nine years old learning jujitsu from fucking monks up in the mountains. I, I got to get shit done now. Let's get it done. Yeah, this philanthropy isn't gonna help. It isn't gonna like give itself out. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a fistful of philanthropy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. It, that's that's fair. Yeah, the War of Jokes and Riddles was weird in mm. that it really had ups and downs. It was when it was good, it was really good, and then there was Kite Man. Why is Kite Man still coming back? And it would tied up relatively satisfactorily, but still, Kite Man, everybody, <laughs> Kite Man. That's and that's what you're supposed to feel. But it's yeah. In the middle of this story, you get a whole friggin' episode of Kite Man just being stupid and disappointing his son. Because that's what he does. Because Kite Man. <laughs> I don't know. Not an A-lister. Not an A-lister. All right. So uh, that was Worst Single Issue yes. of 2017. Should we move on to Best Event? Yes. 
I think this is going to be a hard one for uh, for each of us. <laughs> All right, uh, Amanda. I your I, best event of 2017. As somebody who uh, frequently suffers from event fatigue in comic books, it was hard for me to pick one from a comic book. So my best event was the CW Heroes crossover this year. Okay. Uh, that's fair. That that was solid. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a hard thing to deal with comics events uh, these days sometimes. But it, uh, that was that was a fun crossover. That was really well done. We did a whole episode on it. Yeah, it was really good. It was you know that Nazis that were willing to to be Nazis and and not you know it's Hydra. They're not really Nazis. No, they're hot. They're they're Hydra. They're Nazis. <laughs> Hydra's Nazis. Yeah, that's the law. <laughs> so it was it was great to actually watch the television show shows that were involved just embrace it and and show these evil characters in their full evilness and barry and iris didn't actually get married so well they did at the end they did yeah but a ruined wedding you know it's (laughs) i hate iris allen so much on that show it's it's not the actress's fault it's just so awfully written (laughs) it it really yeah but it was it, it just had so much fun with itself and and seeing um the the alternate Captain Cold, <laughs> yeah, that was there were so many great moments in that. and the Ray and and just um, White Canary as usual was fantastic and just the whole of it was beautiful. <laughs> now Legends of Tomorrow has not come back from the uh, holiday hiatus, hiatus yet, yeah. has it? Because yeah, that's that's a big anticipated thing for me mm-hmm. and I know for you. Is, yes, uh, it's they, on my list. They teased Constantine again, and it's funny. I went into my notes from last year. For the crises, yeah, <laughs> and and one of my anticipated things from last year was the possibility of Constantine on the CW. Matt Ryan as John Constantine. Uh, oh, of course, the one Matt Ryan John Constantine I overrode on this, so I could have <laughs> the this. This is where Matt Ryan's. Uh, I'm a nasty piece of work. Ask anybody usually is. I oh, okay. think we get to it today. God damn it! I tried to overwrite things we don't use a lot. Yeah, so. it's all right. It's with us in spirit. It'll be back next week. I just I only have so much room on this shit eating board. It's uh, <laughs> but, you know I try very hard to be a, a good producer. Thank you, thank you. You do. You do. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, looking forward to seeing him as John Constantine again. Not the yes. step on most anticipated. That's okay. We'll I talk about it a little for, further. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, that's that's fair enough. Uh, anything else? On- no, I mean we did a whole show on it, so I. We, we talked about it extensively. I just thought it was really well done and it was willing to, it, and it came out roughly around the same time as Justice League. <laughs> yeah, that was a little tough. And it just, it it was painful to see how much better a television show or series of television shows were able to treat a bunch of DC heroes versus the movie that was actually called Justice League. <laughs> yeah, Justice League is suffering because we did a whole show about Justice League yeah. and I, I think I liked it particularly at the time, better than a lot of people did, but my estimation of it, and I've not seen it again since. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get the Blu-ray when it comes out, but uh, my estimation has diminished over time. It's like, uh, I don't remember it being as good as I initially thought. It's a problem with doing these shows. It's You get such a rush after seeing it, unless something is absolutely terrible. You, I want to like these things. Right. I recognize it's good radio and we hate shit, <laughs> but I want to like this stuff. You, you don't put together all this equipment and hang a shingle in the comics internet uh, unless you actually like comics and want to like them. Yeah. But yeah, Justice League is sort of diminishing in my head as time goes on, whereas uh, yeah, well, Crisis on Earth X uh, yeah. is not. Yeah. That was really solid. All right, uh, my best event is uh, 
it's just another cop out because yeah, I'm not convinced any of the comics events <laughs> were really any good this year. Uh, but yeah, uh, I will go with, uh, <laughs> and it really is a cop out. DC Rebirth again. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't pick that because it started in like 2016. It did, but it really continued this year. And I'm giving the caveat: not any of the stories that have to do with Watchmen. <laughs> Everything else, good. Uh, yes. I mean, the look- Deathstroke arc, arc lately. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, looking at other events, Dark Knights was a contender, Mm -hmm. except I realized I kind of tuned out after I realized I spent $5 at one point to read a story that boiled down to, what if Aquaman was actually Batman? I'm like, really? Uh, Okay, this... I get what you're doing, and I saw a lot of it in Elseworlds back in the 90s. So yeah, I really kind of tuned out. I, I haven't bought the last couple issues. I don't know where it where it wound up. Okay. Uh, Venomverse didn't do anything for me. Mutants of Mass Destruction. We talked about the first issue or two on the show, and I can't remember a single fucking thing about it. So that slid off my brain. But yeah, I mean, DC Rebirth, again, minus the completely unnecessary Watchmen shit, was still pretty consistently good yeah. through 2017. I mean, for for all the sturm and drang around the button crossover between Batman and Flash with you know moving into Watchmen universe and into the Flashpoint universe, sure. that story wound up really not having a lot of impact <laughs> on me. I, I literally had to reread my show notes on that one to remember anything about it. It was it was not that great, but it also it didn't fuck too much up yeah. except putting Batman in a position where he would uh, propose to Selina and it's really all you can ask for. Drive Amanda crazy with rage. Which, I'm so angry, <laughs> just angry all the time. Good radio, but not hulking out. <laughs> you, you do that before I can. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and and the problem is that story should really have a lot of weight because it really did push Batman in this other direction. I mean, Reverse Flash died. Yeah, in that. again, you know, <laughs> Batman got to speak to his father. We've got this serious subplot for a while about, oh, maybe I shouldn't be Batman because my father thinks I shouldn't be Batman, and that just kind of goes away and turns into, no, nah, I think I'll dip my wick in Catwoman. That's that's what I'll take from this. My, but then again, when my father gives me advice, I just go off and do something completely ridiculous with it. It's like you should really see a financial planner, Rob. Or I could spend all my money on fine Berkshire Brewing Company, Coffee House Porter. <laughs> uh, you could do that. That's just fathers and sons, man. Fathers and sons. That's what Tom King gets, I guess. I have this emptiness within me because I think that my father may not have wanted me to be Batman. I need to find a way to fill fill this hole. Uh, I'll fill a hole. Pow! And that right there is why I'm not enjoying Tom King and Tom on, on Batman right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a slow pitch. But I just and I find it so ironic because when Marvel went through this whole thing where they were like, you know, no, nobody gets to be married, no married characters, none, no, we forbid it. It, it, it stunts character growth, and now we've got characters that are getting married, and it's like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> Actually, that was DC, not Marvel. <laughs> no, because it was a whole. Remember they um, they broke up. Uh, uh, what's her Layla and and uh, Madrox? Uh, I'm not sure that was. The, I that? think the, I think the I think that was by coincidence. No, and it was also. Um, but DC made it a directive, I think. But I think both houses did. It's possible because God knows that for years Marvel was trying to figure out a way to break up Spider-Man and Mary Jane. Yeah, which gave us the horrific one more day. But for anybody who's like, Ugh, Superman was walking across the world, that sucked. Mm. But. One more day. <laughs> one more day makes that look like Watchmen. That's just 
So it's it's possible it was happening on both fronts, but I think it was DC because when, when we used to actually be more of a, a writing website than a podcast. I have an article where I talk about it. I have to go back and find it. <laughs> and yeah, and now I can't write anymore. <laughs> now I just yammer into a microphone and drink beer, and I can't string words together. Yeah, you and Rachel Ray. <laughs> Pow! All right. <laughs> hey oh, I walked into that one. Long payoff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, bringing it back to uh, the button and and rebirth. I mean, God, that was a story that was the return of Jay Garrick. Yeah. For Christ's sake, that should have been weighty. And yeah, I had to go back and reread my notes. It just didn't mm-hmm. stick with me at all. And this is your best event. Yeah, and that's the problem. <laughs> None of the events from the comics were really that awesome. I give DC credit for trying to make Dark Knight's uh, metal uh, just just fun and just sort of, uh, it's its own thing. But it, it still didn't hook me in. At least it wasn't an event that really crossed all over the DC universe. Yeah. Uh, it's too early to tell about Doomsday Clock, although there was the third issue of Doomsday Clock this week, which we're not going to discuss until next week. But <laughs> Oh, we will discuss it next week, because Urge to Kill Rising. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, and I recognize, it's piss- part of why it's pissing me off is because I want to be pissed off by it, because I'm such a fan of the original Watchmen and don't think this is really necessary. Mm. But it, it's hard to take a step back from that and then say, all right, is it really any good or not? third issue <laughs> but um, yeah DC Rebirth as a whole minus these attempts to bring Watchmen in I mean yeah it gives you Priest on Deathstroke and sure. Justice League yeah, the, the Mr. Mexoplex story in uh, Superman and, and action comics Steve Orlando's Justice League of America which we don't talk about a lot but which has been solid, solid right from the beginning all the Green Lantern books they're never spectacular so they don't really we don't give them a lot of play but they're always good, solid reads. Aquaman's There's, been good. Uh, see, I've kind of given up on Aquaman. I've been, I've been enjoying Aquaman. Uh, <laughs> okay. You damn fool! You're more <laughs> useless than Aquaman. <laughs> but in, in general, there's there's been a lot of good stuff there. So if you have to pick an event, and even uh, look by 2017 Rebirth, I, I recognize it wasn't an event anymore. It's just hey, these are DC Comics, and we're just going to stamp this on the cover either to indicate to you, the reader, or us, the creators, yeah, all right, this is the mandate we're operating under, Sure, was generally better than not. So it is a story of the state of events in comics that really neither of our best events was a fucking yeah. comics event. <laughs> so maybe we're done with comics? We'll never be done with comics never. events. If somebody thinks there's a dollar in it. As long as Donnie Cates is still writing, I'm still reading. <laughs> there you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that brings us to worst, huh? <laughs> worst event? Worst event of 2017. All right, everybody, brace yourselves. This should be shocking. The worst event, in my opinion, of 2017 was Twin Peaks The Return. Fuck you. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong and you fucking know it. I am not wrong. That, is that was so... a fucking poorly paced pile of horse shit if I ever saw it. <laughs> it's just masturbatory. I'm David Lynch. I vote and I masturbate. It's just <laughs> awful. It, like, I, like, oh, no, wait, wait. Let's 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 watch a story called Twin Peaks that doesn't have Agent Cooper in it. It did eventually. Mostly not. It did eventually, though. I got to see Naomi Watts, who I enjoyed. Yeah, and now I get to picture David Lynch masturbating, and You're I welcome. imagine it smells like coffee and fucking Marlboros. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're d- we're going to do this before we get to best genre event in television, aren't we? Yep. God damn it. 
<laughs> you had to fucking short dick me, for Christ's sake. <laughs> you are in no way right. I understand why you say it, but if you're Boring a Twin Peaks fuck. fan, it's and you're just angry because I bought the Blu-ray and made you watch it again over Christmas break. That's the only reason. And it, it, I think it is solid, even almost comic-based genre television. Oh, it, let me watch the Lesser Belushi some more. I, I'm down for this, yes. Uh, trust me, there's a, there's even a Lesser, lesser Belushi somewhere. <laughs> uh, look, at least it's not like Bill Murray's cousin, like we got Moving Violations in 1985 <laughs> when it was, Get a Murray! Get Eddie Murray! <laughs> not Eddie Murray. I don't know who that is. But, it's the Lesser Murray. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's. <laughs> I get why people say that i understand the pacing is not for everybody i found it a lot easier to re-watch knowing what was coming and then you could just sort of let it take you along it's watching it the first time i absolutely get why people said oh it was terribly paced yes but if you go into it expecting that david lynch is going to give you fan service you're a sucker it's he creates moods there's great visuals and it is a great goddamn Genre story. It's human heroes battling the supernatural from evil doppelgangers with to to fucking gods. We got to the end of it, and I just wanted to watch Cheryl Lee get eaten by vampires again. <laughs> that movie sucked. I I would rather watch that movie any day. <laughs> I love John Con- uh, John Constantine John Carpenter, but that movie sucked. I would rather watch that movie Vampires any day than to live another minute of Twin Peaks: The Return. <laughs> The climax of Twin Peaks The Return was a supernatural entity personified by a dead actor being punched to death by a cockney kid with a Hulk fist. If you don't think that's awesome, I don't know what to do with you. I just don't. (laughs) It's got evil twins, supernatural powers, alternate universes, time travel, the antagonist story is a good old-fashioned Silver Age nuclear accident horror. It's good comics. It's good shit. <laughs> All right, well, except for the Hulk hand, a lot of that's in Dynasty. No, oh, you, you go to hell right now. <laughs> and it's got Charlene Yee screaming in horror for no reason at all. That alone is worth at least 14 hours of your time. Uh, yeah, they probably have stories about that on House. Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. <laughs> it was not good. I think we've just covered the argument over my best genre television winner. <laughs> you, you're, I, I, we will agree that I think you're fucking wrong. That's what we're going to agree. Are, and that you are entitled to believe that I am wrong. I am not wrong. <laughs> All right. You picked that mm, <laughs> oh, over. Worst event of 2017. Should have been obvious. Obvious to everybody going into it. Oh, I actually hit the button. Shit. Steve Lieber's uh, Secret Empire. Uh, oh. And we talked about Nick this. Lieber. No, wait, what? Steve Lieber. Steve Lieber? No, sorry. Jesus. Why did I put that? I don't know. It's Nick Spencer. Nick Spencer. <laughs> sorry, Nick or Steve Lieber. Uh, no, I'm an I, alcoholic. Steve I Lieber did the art on <laughs> <laughs> on uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man yes. written by Nick, Nick Spencer. Spencer. No, I didn't pick it for worst because I had already had it for, for worst series. Oh, so you decided to just <laughs> short straw me on Twin Peaks. Because it sucked. <laughs> and it needed to be discussed why it sucked so hard. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even have a response <laughs> if you think that Twin Peaks was worse than Secret Empire. 
not necessarily worse, but I already talked about Secret Empire. Uh, all right. I mean, yeah, look, we're talking about an event that opened with Captain America ordering the televised execution of Rick Jones. Yeah. Where he sexually harasses Sharon Carter, he throws inhumans into concentration camps, and he murders Black Widow. That's why I said it was the worst series. Yeah, and Spencer expects us to believe this weird, evil doppelganger that came from nowhere of Captain America, created by Kobik, the Cosmic Cube, could lift Thor's hammer even with mad a Nazi even magic by Madame Hydra is Hydra is worthy. Yeah, it's the leaps in logic in the story expecting us to believe America would just turn into Nazi Germany literally overnight because one dude said we should. <laughs> I mean, the end of the damn thing with evil Captain America in Iron Man armor that's straight out of Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Marvel swore right from the beginning, oh, no, no, we're not going to use the Cosmic Cube to wish everything away and put it back. And then they added an extra issue or two to squeeze uh, in between eight and ten bucks out of us, and then it's exactly what the fucking ending is. Because that's what you would do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the only way you put it back. That's all you got. If that's all you got, that's what you do. Swear over and over again, Hydra's not Nazis, but the entirety of Hydra Command, fucking Nazis from Jack Kirby's run on Captain America. Yeah. What are they supposed to be? They all were Nazis in the 70s, for Christ's sake. Um, expecting us to believe any spory that would make Odinson and the Punisher, and known fan of taking orders, Deadpool, <laughs> members of the fucking Nazi party. And they expected us to accept Captain Marvel as a hero of this story when based on her fascist tendencies in Civil War II, I expected her to be wearing jackboots right next yeah. to Cap. The, how yeah, Marvel has, that shit up. How Marvel has dealt with Captain Marvel since Civil War II is a fucking travesty. Yeah. It's just awful. And the fucking thing went on forever. It was all spring and all summer. And it took over pretty much all of Marvel, other than Nick Fury. God bless James Robinson and Echo. <laughs> that book you could go to at any given time. None of that shit mattered. This event was so bad, it got the editor-in-chief fucking fired. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you want to talk shit about Twin Peaks? I do. It's, it was awful. Showtime is still a going <laughs> concern. <laughs> yeah, but we're never going to see Twin Peaks again. Thank you. Oh, God damn you. <laughs> You're just awful. <laughs> We are going to see it again. I've decided. <laughs> if I have to pay for it myself, start a start a Kickstarter. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch it. I'm going to make my own Twin Peaks fan films with Blackjack and Hookers. Let's <clears throat> forget about the Twin Peaks. I think that's what they have at the Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Lodge? Yeah. Well, shit. I'd never try to get out. <laughs> I've been doing the last three minutes of this show with the beer in my hand. I'm so enraged. I'm like, I need to feel close to my alcohol. Jesus <laughs> Pause for beer. Pause for beer. <sighs> and 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 the the travesty that was Audrey's arc in that. Uh, just, no, it, it's it's a ruiner. It ruins things. It's it's ruiner. Uh, here's the travesty. Our next category: best genre television of 2017. I may not even say anything. <laughs> what do you have, Amanda? There were so many to choose from. None of them were Twin Peaks. <laughs> You, I would like to give a giant sh shout out to, to Marvel in their television department. They have come up with some spectacular series this year that have been new and inventive from Legion, which just seems to take all of its um, cinematic cues from, from, from great movies. <laughs> yeah, although to be fair, that's Fox, not Marvel Studios. True, but it is a Marvel 
property. Yes, it is. And it was really good. Yeah. Um, Very much like if Stanley Kubrick was handed a superhero show. Yeah. Punisher on Netflix. Fantastic. Really good. Destination TV, really. Yeah. It's a good war story or story about uh, former soldiers. I would have liked a little more legit, I'm just here to fight criminals. Mm. Legitimate urban vigilante out of my Punisher, but it's hard to find a hell of a lot of fault with it. Yeah. I think we may see that more next season. Have they uh, announced they're they're doing another season yet? No, they they haven't, but they will. <laughs> Probably. Um, we've uh, another got to fill that in humans' hole somewhere in yeah. the money making schedule. Another uh, thing that has been unexpectedly great was another Marvel on Fox property, The Gifted, which <laughs> that was that was more fun than I thought it was going to be, and I'm gonna have to catch back up on it when uh when it goes into either summer reruns or when the Blu-ray comes out because that was by Matt Nix uh, yeah. who did. Uh, burn notice. Yep, yep. Which you would not think burn notice to <laughs> to Marvel or burn notice to you know persecuted mutants. It's but it's it just pretty well. Yeah, and, and it's it keeps just upping the ante every week. And we've you know they, they throw characters in there that feel like you know real fan service. Like we're watching the Stepford Cuckoos actually in action. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it it was a lot of fun. Polaris. <laughs> yeah, it's, it won't make you any smarter, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, it'll make you smarter watching the origin of Bob in the episode of Twin Peaks, the return. No, I arguably have fewer brain cells. <laughs> now. Finally, uh, agents of shield finally got it right. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they're going to end it at the end of this season. Yeah. I got a lot better in the last season. We let two seasons stack up on the TiVo cause we kind of tuned out. Yeah. But it's, it's gotten really, really good. If you're not watching agents of shield, you should be. And, um, I actually started watching Runaways on Hulu. Yeah, I'm a few episodes behind you, but uh, that was surprisingly good. Yeah, and and Can, y- you even don't get dragged out of it when the dinosaur shows up. Like, <laughs> yeah, and Runaways is one of those books. It's written by a couple of my favorite comics writers. Yeah. Brian K. Vaughn created it. Joss Whedon did a run on it. Yep. That book has never hooked me at all. I've tried to read both of them, and it's just uh, either I'm not the intended audience, I'm too fucking old to care about this, or I just don't care about mutants enough, or I don't know. But so yeah, I in no way was looking forward to that show on Hulu, and yeah, you put it on. It was it was surprisingly good. Yeah, I like so, that one a lot. I'm my my best genre TV is a, a giant sh- shout out to the Marvel properties that have been just only getting stronger in their television homes. Okay, that that's fair. You're wrong because it's Twin Peaks. <laughs> no, it's not. Twin Peaks was goddamn <laughs> glorious, and <laughs> even if you want to jump ahead, if what if for Twin Peaks, if you were a fa- if you were not a fan of Twin Peaks, it is not for you. But we're in the age of modern serialized storytelling, both on television and in movies. So you can make a certain expectation. I think of you know what this can require you to have seen that because if that's not the case, yeah, if you just walk into if you've never seen a Marvel movie and you watch Civil War, you have no fucking idea what's going on. It's true, and that's I, I think the case for all the later Marvel movies. They work up to a point as single stories, but they really kind of rely on you watching the others. And that's part of why it's cool. That's how comic books always were. Yeah. So Twin Peaks, same thing. If you didn't see the original, there's going to be stuff there that doesn't make sense to you. But if you did see the original, just about everything you want out of it, short, 
you know, oh, here's a magical ending where everybody is happy and everything worked out, which you were never going to get from David Lynch. Everything's there. You want happy endings for certain characters? You get happy endings for certain fan favorite characters. Big Ed and Norma finally end up together. Ed's wife finally makes peace with the fact that she's just an insane person who just wants her drapes to be silent, but she can move on by herself. She's gotten over all her high school problems. I would argue Audrey's arc does have an ending. It's that last flash of she's clearly in an institution someplace. So it's certainly up in the air. And the, there there is a concrete answer given in Mark Frost's uh, Twin Peaks, The Final Dossier, mm-hmm. uh, which I read. I might be the only one based on how the ratings for Twin Peaks were. But uh, which does say where she is and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Although I kind of prefer the, uh, you know, when she was blown up in the bank back in 1989, she's just been in a coma since then and just woke up. This was her trying to work her way back to the real world. You want Agent Cooper? You eventually get him. You get a full episode of him being a hero, asking for coffee, defeating Bob. You get exactly what you want. And it ends on a big, ambiguous, oh, Jesus maybe nothing has changed. Maybe you can't defeat evil. Maybe the evil is just can be beaten back up to a certain point ending. I think you're dead wrong. I recognize I am totally in the minority. I realize most people, if you're listening to this, you're like, no, Rob, you're kind of stupid. It was boring and I didn't like it. You're wrong. <laughs> you're you're allowed to like what you like, honey. <laughs> this is the comics internet. No, you're not. <laughs> It's why we have no fewer than three televisions in this house. So you can put that steaming pile of crap on whenever you want. <laughs> I will go watch one of the other two TVs. <laughs> it's a Blu-ray, and I'll watch it again. I'm gonna, <laughs> it's right on, to my right on the shelf, goddammit. Uh, you're dead wrong. That was the best thing on television last year. Whatever you need to say to yourself to get through the night. That's- <laughs> Twin Peaks is the absolute best, and oh, I'm being played off. I'm being played off the stage. I just want to thank David Lynch for uh, 18 hours of great entertainment. And, uh, and what I'm the go- fuck were you thinking? And then I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, best genre movie of 2017. Logan. I I have a hard time really disagreeing. I have to go with Logan. But I I picked another one. I know you did. But. Anyway, go. <laughs> we're going to fight about it. It's okay. And it's weird because I picked Logan as my most anticipated movie of 2017 in last year's Crises Awards mm-hmm. and gloated when it came out and it was so fucking good. And it is so fucking good. It's it's a spectacular, well-conceived, well-written piece of work in which we have a new character introduced who is completely believable it was it was one of the few times i've watched a kid in a movie and not been irritated as fuck <laughs> i forget the name of the actress but she was pure daphne something yes and uh and part of it is you know half savage barely speaks it's kind of hard to fuck that up feral child yeah Yeah, but <laughs> she was very good in it all the way through right up until she started the yeah, combination of feral child and barely speaks english mm. it's it, a shitty performance can be masked that way but it wasn't shitty she was really good yeah she she wasn't precocious she wasn't chewing the scenery you believed that she was deadly even though she's just we <laughs> Yeah, they put these kids, this kid in this horrible, violent, just murdering people scenes with blood spraying everywhere. It's like, ooh. Yeah, but um, you know, just watching the the twilight of Logan, the twilight of 
Professor X who goes out in such a sad way. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Which was not, ex- I, I did not expect that. No, completely unexpected at a moment where he's finally found peace. So there's a worse way for him to go out. Clearly, yeah. there are worse things that could have happened to him. But he's, okay, there are still mutants in the world. I've found this little group. I'm back to making a difference. There are, that's certainly not going out on top. But there are worse ways he could have gone out. Yeah, it's Stephen Merchant as Caliban. That was tremendous. I, I'd only ever seen him in like Ricky Gervais things. <laughs> yeah, no, he was really good at that. More Stephen Merchant. The world needs more Stephen Merchant. <laughs> yeah, just slather makeup on him so we don't have to look at him. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that English face. Oh, God, the sun's coming off it. Mouths are flying <laughs> into his face. No. Um, but I just, I, I just felt that it, it was... Also, it didn't feel like the R rating was gimmicky. It feels like this was a story that that needed that rating so that they could tell it the right way. Yeah, we've never really gotten a Wolverine story that really delivered on the promise of Wolverine yeah. in movies. You, you get X, a X Men two up to a point, but even then, it's, it's bloodless. He goes out and he goes all berserker, but you don't see the spray you don't see the carnage you see bodies drop yeah you don't see claws coming out of a dude's head yeah which is just awesome to see you know and and wrong with me just the the beating that uh wolverine takes and and the toll that it's taken on him over this many decades that he's lived yeah it's very much a a western and they cop to it right in it with making shane part of the story which is still sitting on the tivo i read the (laughs) i read the book in junior high school they made us read it but i haven't seen the movie but but to me it was uh it was superhero unforgiven yeah and with a character who's played that character or an actor rather who's played that character for 17 years so you've seen him age into it and he's been such a huge part of just filmed superhero fiction Yes. Because that first X-Men movie really opened the door that Spider-Man kicked down to really bring us to where we are now at peak superhero. Yeah. It's to see him get a, a Dark Knight Returns slash Old Man Logan ending was really spectacular. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. And I know what you're going to pick. <laughs> We've talked about this one a little bit. Yeah. I, and it's for similar reasons. It is. I I think where I came down on this one being my pick is... Wolverine coming to the big screen, even though it was 17 years ago, in movie time, that's not all that long ago. And and it hasn't really had, at least, there are some individual movies that are not great, but none that were clunkers on the level of some of the ones that show up in the series from which your movie comes. X-Men 3. So fucking bad. It required Brian Singer to make Days of Future Past to make it never was. They they excised it from continuity. <laughs> I don't want to spoil yours, but I I I. I, I... <sighs> All right, we'll we'll if you have other points about Logan because it Logan was spectacular, yes. and I, I really had a hard time choosing. It was between two movies, and Logan was one of them. And it really took a, a third viewing of of my movie to be like, you know what? It, it worked. Number one, it's because it worked better than I thought it was going to going into mm-hmm. it. Uh, and I, I think it hit a lot of the same points Logan did. But I, I don't want to distract from... We can continue to talk about Logan for as long no, as you that's, want. It's, no, it's fine. Let's let's get into yours because... Okay. Because, yeah, it's uh, they hit some of the same points. So, yes, my... Uh 
best genre movie of 2017, which was unexpected for me, was uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. And part of it is for a lot of the same reasons. It's this actor coming back to a character with such a history and giving him a final heroic legitimate end, even though, yes, we will see ghost Jedi Luke in episode nine. I, I hope so. Absolutely no <laughs> doubt. But yeah, it's to return to Luke Skywalker after this much time. And there were a lot of parallels when it came to Luke Skywalker and Logan. It's a lot of time has passed. Neither of them thinks of themselves as a hero anymore. Looking back at the Rebel Alliance slash the X-Men, it's you know, in Logan, it's this is a com- people think it's a comic book. No, it's not. Terrible things happened. We have to move past that. And people think Luke Skywalker is a legend. And as far as he's concerned, the Jedi Knights and the Rebel Alliance have just created you know, it, their existence, created a whole new First Order slash Empire. And the best thing to do is let's just quietly live out the rest of our lives and die mm. and just get past it. And one last moment to be really heroic. And really bringing all they have into it between Logan taking the mutant growth hormone to get one last I'm still young to Luke taking all of his final connection with the force after being disconnected from it for so long to face down Kylo Ren to be a legend and inspire a new group. There are a lot of parallels there. There was a little extra weight with Luke Skywalker because I first saw Luke Skywalker when I was five fucking years old. Yeah, no, I and I get that. I get that. But also just... So much more stuff Ryan Johnson did because the the story of most of these characters is going to continue taking the things that you would expect from a Star Wars movie and sort of turning them on their head. You expect Luke Skywalker will come back and fight. And in the end, he kind of really doesn't. You expect that uh, Finn and Rose will get the slicer to come and save everybody. And you expect uh, uh, DJ for Don't Join uh, Benicio <laughs> Del Toro to be a rogue with a heart of gold. And he's not. He's just a scumbag. He sells him out. Turning a lot of the conventions that you would expect from a Star Wars movie kind of on their head. And I, I get that's why a lot of people hated it. Like, no, this isn't Star Wars. But it was also, you surprised me. If you can surprise me with a Star Wars movie after 42 years of watching Star Wars movies and reading Star Wars comics and some Star Wars novels, I was never a huge fan of the Star Wars novels because no pictures, but <laughs> uh, then you've done a good job. So a lot of what worked in Logan was parallel for me in this, but the extra added, you really surprised me with a lot of the other stuff going on. I had to give it an edge, and it was just an edge. It was not a case of, oh my God, this is what Logan was supposed to be. No, they're neck and neck. Yeah, I, I I guess the only thing that keeps it for me not being the top one is I just have such irrational hate for Kylo Ren. I, Driver does a good job, I think, in the role. It's a thankless role. Oh, it but, is, and I think he's great at it, and I think he makes the most compelling villain, except maybe for Grand Admiral Thrawn in the original Timothy Zahn novels, the uh, Heir to the Empire novels. See, I just, I get that he's the big bad and he's powerful. I just really wish that Luke didn't have to go out against a whiny fucking angsty bitch boy that just <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> tantrums and acts like a brat. So, just, you, so <laughs> you think he's Darth Vader written by Tom King? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's just... You've, 
You got all this power. Between the two of us, are you more butch? I think that's the case. I just want to <laughs> slap that kid every. I, I just. It's not the actor's fault, and to be fair, that's what the character is supposed to be. I just be better. Like <laughs> he he grew up with heroes and couldn't meet expectations, and is trying to find his own way. But he's trying to find his own way in the way a lot of people do, particularly in fandom. It, you know, it's okay. I identify with this person, Darth Vader, and they cut that out from under him right at the beginning of this. Yeah, when, when Snoke says, "You know, take that ridiculous helmet off." Uh, okay, I can't rely on this anymore. So who am I? So uh, what does he do? He does what any countless number of twenty-something dudes have done in their life. Okay, I'm going to place my identity on this girl. I'm obsessed with this girl. If I could just get this girl, I can get my shit together. It's uh, why is this girl friend zoning me? Not even friend zoning me. She hates me. Why? I'm not a bad guy. I kill people every thirty seconds. Yeah, but... you're right. I could totally see him lurking on fucking Red Pill on Reddit. Absolutely. But it's that makes it interesting. Vader was he could force choke me without a thought. I want him to get the fuck off my lawn. I just... <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it makes it kind of interesting. Vader was he was when we met Vader in Star Wars, he was just evil and he was there. And that's what that was all that he was. He gained a certain amount of complexity by being Luke's father as time went on over you know, the question of is there any good in this character? I mean, think about that. Vader is so iconic. But the main conflict was we introduced this character as just pure evil. Is there any good in him? That's not a deep character. No, uh, but I mean, it's George Lucas. Are you surprised? Oh, no. Then I saw the prequels and I'm like, Ugh, okay, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> Is any good yeah, so, character? you know, okay, X-Men 3 Last Stand, um, Phantom Menace, any, any of those. I'm sorry. <laughs> You've got a point there, but none of them were so bad they felt that, well, all right, Phantom Menace was really that fucking bad. Okay. All right. Pet me. No. (laughs) I think it says something about at least Generation X Star Wars fans that I really don't even think about those movies at all. They're a thing that happened. (laughs) And I don't think about X-Men 3. Uh, okay, that's fair. That's <laughs> totally fair. Okay, I, I get it. We were really drunk when we watched it. That helped. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely did help. <laughs> but so it, it, the things that worked in Logan uh, worked for me in uh, episode eight, mm. and it had just a certain amount of extra weight because it was Luke Skywalker. Okay, and, and I'm sorry, the but you. When you walk out of the cave and Adats just shoot at you and shoot at you and shoot at you, and then you, like a gunslinger, just walk out of the mist and look up at Kylo Ren and go, I burned my family alive and I like to light things on fire. I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew you knew it was coming, but <laughs> it worked anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, and I think it's an absolute travesty that Mark Hamill was passed over for an Oscar nomination, honestly. Yeah, he was absolutely solid in this, and he has gone on record saying, I didn't agree with the take, and I I get it. Yeah. But he's also said, uh, but it really worked out and made a great movie, and it did. Yeah. You know, because, and this is not my observation, uh, and I think we sort of went around it a little bit when we did the episode with, uh, with Benari and Ross and Greg uh, about Last Jedi, but uh, there was somebody on Twitter whose handle I forget who really hammered it home and said there was a point where watching The Force Awakens, uh, this person thought, well, we've already established Luke instinctively knows when his friends are in danger. Why didn't he come save Han? 
Yeah. So some of the just storytelling weight that Johnson had to deal with, making him disconnected from the force. Yeah, if he had known Han was in trouble, he would have gone. So to have that also weighing on this character that I made these decisions to disconnect myself from the force and just let myself and the Jedi die so that this conflict just stops. It's It was a really interesting take on Luke Skywalker and a character who's been through all that wouldn't be the fucking farm boy who bullseyes womp rats yeah. with his T-16 back home. That's a guy who's like... You've seen some shit. Yeah, it's. I had one great moment where, <laughs> where we blew up the other Death Star and everything just didn't work out. I believed my own bullshit and it was wrong. I'm just going to go fuck off now. I'm going to delete my Facebook and <laughs> I'm going to drink green milk. From the source? Just wait to die. And it, it's interesting to me. Yeah, no. I, and, and similar beats with Logan. So mm-hmm. I totally get that. Like I said, it's one just edged the other out. And a part of where episode eight got the edge for me was I didn't expect very much from it. I really enjoyed The Force Awakens, but I enjoyed that as somebody finally, after 20-something years, has done a competent Star Wars movie. Awesome. Great. I got to see Han Solo again. I'm happy. It wasn't a high art, although we watched it again just before Last Jedi came out. It's mm-hmm. like, shit, it really holds up. It's it still does. a good movie. But yeah, Last Jedi surprised me repeatedly, and I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, and I I, I agree with you. I, I think it, for me it just comes down to I at no point watching Logan was I dragged out of it at all because of my dislike for the villain. Uh, which is fine, because who's the villain? Himself. Arguable. <laughs> Arguable. I can see that. But no, the dude with the shades and the, the robot arm. I couldn't tell you his name if you pointed a gun at my head. Um, that is um, Pierce. Yeah. The the villain almost doesn't matter in Logan. No, it's, that was, it's Logan's journey is what matters. Yeah, it and and also just what legacy we leave and and what imprint are we leaving upon the world before we go out. I totally agree. And Luke Skywalker had a lot of that same journey in The Last Jedi. But, and I'm going to bring up a radical idea here, but I know you don't like Cairo Ren. Cairo Ren? <laughs> Fine, Berkshire Brewing <laughs> Company, coffee house porter made with Dean's beans. Kylo Ren. I don't know who Dean is, <laughs> but his beans are in my beer. Apparently. Please don't be a euphemism, Dean's beans. Mmm, <laughs> shveti. Anyway, oh, boy. <laughs> Kylo Ren. Uh, I know you don't like him. He's the bad guy. You're not supposed to. He's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, but there's there's like, I don't like you. You're the bad guy. And then there's, I actively dislike you and I'm irritated by your presence. Like, I, I shouldn't have the same reaction to Kylo Ren that I have to John Lovitz. Like, <laughs> just as haircut man. Like, or whatever. <laughs> or as, as um, I'm sorry. I, as a, uh, Mr. Hair, I, I don't know. John Lovitz on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> stuff. Haircut. Yeah, that fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll I will uh, posit I will posit that you also should not have the reaction to a villain the way that all Star Wars fans had to Darth Vader in the last five minutes of Rogue One. Mm. Darth Vader is evil. To go out of a movie about doomed heroes sacrificing themselves in order to give hope to the galaxy literally knowing they're going to die going into it, and then to walk out of the movie going, Darth Vader, the bad guy, was awesome at the end of it. 
to the point where you forget his shitty fucking puns yeah. in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. What what Star Wars fans have done with Darth Vader is not what you should do with the villain. No, I, I don't disagree. That is that is a reasonable summation. So you hate Kylo Ren. You're supposed to. <laughs> He's a dick. He's the bad guy. <laughs> you should, I get it. I, you should I, want bad things to happen I, to I him. I hear what you're saying. I just find him fucking irritating. And, and <laughs> uh, that's okay, and I would say that's the point. And yes, the character played by Adam Driver killed two of my fictional childhood heroes. And I would have a hard time not trying to punch him if I met him. And Except he was in the Marines. He's an ex-Marine, and I'm a <laughs> functioning current drunkard. <laughs> this would not go well for me. Yeah. But it's a testament to that actor that, yeah, I see his face. I'm like, you killed Han Solo, you dick! (laughs) (laughs) And then I would hit the floor. (laughs) So I don't think either of us convinced each other, but I I, I just really wanted to impress. That's why I picked Last Jedi over Logan. I loved them both. And I just, Last Jedi is just, it's a head by a half length. A head by a nose, that's it. All right, no, that, that's totally valid. That is completely valid. When we're and done I, taping, I'll watch Logan again. You wanna? I don't know. The Grammys are on. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best award show <laughs> currently being <laughs> recorded. <laughs> uh, all right, should we do our last couple? Let's uh, let's go with most anticipated genre entertainment of 2018. Constantine finally will be on Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about again. it but yes uh, I'll be glad to see Matt Ryan play John Constantine again hopefully with for a longer run yes. he just did a, what was it an episode on Arrow yeah I'm, I'm hoping it's stop me. cheering <laughs> oh shit <laughs> timed it wrong anyway go ahead ah, but I'm also looking forward to, to Jessica Jones season 2 I'm, I'm looking forward to the Black Panther movie I'm looking forward to Infinity War <laughs> Yeah, all of those things. <laughs> there's there's a lot of cool shit coming out this yeah, year. Yeah, so I'm 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 very much excited about things that are coming out and yet to come out. If you had to pick one, if I pointed a gun at your head, because it is supposed to be most. Yeah, um, I would have to go with Jessica Jones season two because I don't I don't know how you realistically follow up from that first season. Yeah, that was really good. Of all the Marvel Netflix series, I think that's probably still my favorite. Yeah, that was just. <laughs> but then again, that worked. And again, we've got a whole episode about it. Look through our archives. Uh, it worked as an examination of uh, Doctor Who yeah. and what that character would really be like. I don't know how you do that again. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing it. Plus, uh, was it Kristen Ritter? Mm-hmm. That does a really good job playing that character. Yeah. You know, created by Brian, Brian Michael, Michael Bendis, Bendis, who's, uh, I don't know who's going to write her now, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, one thing I wanted to call out, I, I just had a note here. The biggest surprise for me of best genre movie mm. that was even in the running was uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, that was another one that we had a deep, heartfelt argument about on this very show. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to derail it, but uh, yeah, we, uh, I pre-ordered it on Blu-ray, so it came last week. Mm. Uh, so we rewatched it again. I still think it's unnecessary. You can treat the original Blade Runner as self-contained, which I like to do. Blade Runner twenty forty nine was a good movie on its own, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. I gave runner-up status uh, for for genre movie to Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, because. In in a in the sea of shit that was DC uh, cinematic universe properties, that was a s- outstanding movie that I'm I'm very much anticipating the sequel to now. 
Yeah, that, that was definitely up there. Yeah. Okay. Not to derail, because we're in a whole different category now. Also just... like the Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah, that was good, too. Okay, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, What's okay. your anticipated genre thing? Uh, my most anticipated genre entertainment of 2018 is uh, Miracle Man, The Silver Age. That's never coming out. It's it's coming out. <laughs> nah, nah. It's coming out. Nick Lowe promised. Nope. <laughs> because uh, this is uh, actually the the greatest Crisis on Infinite Midlives moment of 2017 is when I forced Nick Lowe to answer about Miracle Man uh, at San Diego Comic Con 2017. Stepping on a small child to do so. <laughs> uh, indeed. So uh, yeah, that question actually made other comics news sites, which made me kind of happy. So uh, he swears it's coming out. So here is Nick Lowe. From San Diego Comic Con 2017, uh, you might recognize the voice of the questioner. Oh, look at the wasp. Wasp <laughs> You're not the wasp, but behind you is the wasp. There you go. Look at that. Keep it clean, pal. That was me stepping on a child dressed as the wasp <laughs> to make sure I was the first person to ask a question while they were still fresh. Yeah, you. Right. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, you, you, you hopped right up there, and then, yeah, that kid was collateral damage. Yep. So. <laughs> I saw the press stop. Let's see what happens here. The hey, look at that. Keep it clean, pal. All right. <laughs> Fuck you. Clean and quick. Just wondering if there was any update on Miracle Man, Silver Age, or Dark Age. Uh, I'll give an update. So I'm I'm editing the Miracle Man series, and I was just on the phone with Mark Buckingham last week, uh, and he was showing me some of the incredible art. He's basically redrawing all of the Silver Age. And uh, Disraeli is coloring it, and, and they sent a ton of pages to me that look unbelievable. Like, unlike any other comics like out there, it, it's kind of like a cross between like Marvel and Miyazaki. It looks so cool. Um, but we're not ready to quite to announce when it comes out, so we, we want to make sure that we've got enough banked up so that when it comes out, it keeps coming out. So Mark and Neil have been meeting a bunch of times in London when Neil's been traveling there, uh, and this... Wait, wait until you see what they've got cooked up, like remastering the stuff that has already come out and what they've got cooking for the things that we've been waiting for 20 plus years for. All right, thank you. Thank you. Stay alive, my friend. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> we'll be back next year. <laughs> All right, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's my most anticipated Comic-Con 2018. Which I, now have a, I now have a new most anticipated. Okay, go ahead. You getting back in line at this year's Marvel Cup of Joe and asking them yet again where Mar- <laughs> Miracle Man is. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I did notice. Uh, I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't re-listen to that clip before before I wrote it down. Where he said, "Yeah, uh, we're not going to guarantee when it's going to come out." <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, absent that, uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, I, I got to go with Avengers: Infinity War. I mean, certainly, I'm yeah. looking forward to. All the stuff coming out on TV. Uh, I don't think either one of us for 2018 would have said, "Oh, we're looking forward to the Black Pan- not Black Panther, uh, Black Lightning TV show." That has been outstanding which so far. We saw the first couple episodes caught up on the TV. Yeah, it's been really fucking good. Certainly, Black Panther. I'm looking forward to, but it, I mean, yeah, Infinity War. We've got the uh, the Russo brothers who did the last two Captain America movies mm-hmm. taking the helm. So you've got an Avengers movie that also has Spider Man. <laughs> And the Guardians of the Galaxy. And Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> bringing everybody together finally for a one-two punch, because uh, the next movie, uh, whatever they're going to call it, uh, Infinity War Part Two or mm. whatever, is coming out in 2019. So big Avenger stories by good directors who, knock wood, aren't burned out the way Joss Whedon was by the end of Age of Ultron. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's. I'm not sure I can put another, okay, what are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a lot, but I got to go with uh, Infinity War. Okay. Uh, and because <laughs> we, we got to end on angry uh, to make good radio. What is your least anticipated genre entertainment of 2018? Now, this, this uh, property, and I'm not entirely sure when it's coming out. I think it's 2018. Really should be a... a, a blockbuster it it has james mcavoy it has john boyega it's got ben kingsley it's the watership down reboot <laughs> you hate watership i didn't know they were doing one is it animated it is oh. it is <laughs> and the original cartoon series hold on <laughs> terrified me as a child <laughs> it was this violent awful thing with bunnies and and they were getting torn up and chewed on and and there was a black rabbit of fucking death that <laughs> and fuck you <laughs> showed up and haunted a character I mean, there was a, this psychic rabbit hazel that just like saw shit <laughs> it was disturbing as fuck and I would say to my parents can I go to bed I really don't want to watch this no it's a cartoon stay up and watch it the, I'm asking to go to bed. <laughs> but no, that's okay. I'll just go let this like fucking work at me all night while I lie awake in my bed. That's okay. That's all right. I'm not traumatized by violent rabbits at all. But that's okay. Reboot this piece of shit property. That's that's fine. True story. When, uh, <laughs> when Amanda and I first got together about 17 years ago, uh, she told me that <laughs> she had an issue with Watership Down. I, I do. And she had a roommate at the time who had it on VHS, so it mm. was available. <laughs> so she said, I was scared of this movie. I'm scared of this movie. I'm like, we'll watch it together. And literally, I had to talk her into it. There was a lot of liquor involved. <laughs> and I sat on the couch with her. She was... I, I, not, cuddled is not the right word. Just shivering up against me like I could defend her from it. And I just... I'd never seen it before. I didn't care. And so it's uh, oh look, this is a this is an allegory for the Third Reich. This one is Hitler, and so I'm explaining to her what I see as <laughs> no, he's taking from these other things. And she relaxed over the course of the movie. We made it through the whole movie. Yeah, but yeah, it was a legitimate childhood. No, I'm afraid of that. So <laughs> it's it's an awful thing I think to have a little kid watch. There's just so much going on. That this story got through the entire. Up. This story got through the entire Hulk theme. By the way, that's a first. <laughs> that's a first for this show. That's a first. That's that's good work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's James McAvoy is going to be Hazel, the creepy psychic rabbit. John Boyega is going to be Bigwig, and Ben Kingsley is General Woundwort. <laughs> Those are really the characters. Those, those I've seen are. the movie once, sixteen years ago. <laughs> yep. Uh, my runner-up is uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's mine. Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, I am in no way looking forward to it. The smell of death, <laughs> compared to a movie about dead rabbits, <laughs> the smell of death on Solo, a Star Wars story is so palpable. Just from the original directors, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, getting fired to be replaced by Opie. <laughs> and we get Opie. We talked about it. yeah, it's a like, get Opie. It's like how can we save Star Wars? Get Opie. <laughs> Opie shows up. <laughs> get Opie. The return. It's a reshoot about half of the thing from the stories coming out of the set that uh, uh the the dude playing Han Solo 
uh, Alden Ehrenreich. What kind of parents would name their kid that? Um, that they had to get him acting lessons. He was he was so bad. And I don't know whether that's true or not. That's the story. They had to get him an acting coach. They could have gotten Ansel Elgort. That, that's right. Who was <laughs> awesome in Baby Driver. Dressed like Han Solo in yeah. Baby Driver. Would have been perfect. Had charisma. <laughs> I, I don't know what uh, Alden uh, Ehrenreich. What kind of parents would name their kid that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what he does to fuck up a role that Harrison Ford, who at the time was taking time off his job as a carpenter, in no way took being Han Solo seriously. How you fuck that up? I don't know. But By not being able to act. I'm looking forward to Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian because that's a no fucking brainer. Yeah. They should have just made a Lando Calrissian movie with him. Just save all the stern. Nobody wants to see anybody else as Han Solo. Yeah. Period. Why anybody would care, I don't know. And just the smell of death coming off that movie. It's this is you know everybody says oh when's Marvel gonna make a bad movie when are this they gonna make a <laughs> when are they gonna make a bad Star Wars movie that's not a prequel uh, <laughs> I think it's gonna be uh, in about two or three months rip that bandaid off yeah it's I think it's coming out even in this no it's coming out on the anniversary of the release of the original Star Wars oh, so this the forty first anniversary oh happy anniversary everybody wow <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> the funny thing in doing research for this show. This kid, Alden uh, Ehrmanreich. What kind of parents would name their kid that? He got his start in an acting career. He was in the same class as Steven Spielberg's daughter. Hmm. And as a uh, com- did a comedy video with her for her bat mitzvah. And Spielberg said, that kid's got chops and got him an agent. Jesus. And he just, Steven Spielberg saw him and raised his hand and did the sign of the cross or whatever. I, I don't know, it was a bat mitzvah, so probably not. But... <laughs> The kid's got a career, and now he's Han Solo and needs an acting coach. Star Wars in 2018, everybody. That's that's all the categories. It is. Anything else about 2017 we want to bring up besides hopefully our hot hot water heater doesn't quit again? Yeah. Um, Thor Ragnarok was unexpectedly good. Uh, Yeah, there was a lot of really good stuff in in 2017 to the point where uh, no, I don't want to say to the point. Yeah, I really think the, the cream, the the two that we agreed on, Logan and Star Wars, really rose to the top. But yeah, that's not to say oh, and everything else sucked. But yeah, it was it was amongst a sea of of, of other good things, and that's always you want that. <laughs> Indeed, and hopefully, the next Justice League is better. Um, <laughs> bring on Flashpoint. Let's start over. Okay, should we wrap up the? Uh, yeah, the why don't we wrap show? up? Okay. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sober, and that needs to change. Oh, trust me, I'm not. So, <laughs> Don't know where you found this particular episode of the podcast, but you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash crisisoninfinitemidlives. Uh, we are on Twitter. Twitter handle is at infinitemidlife. We're on Tumblr, although you wouldn't know it. Uh, crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to the show there, and if you get a minute, uh, give us a rating, give us a review. It helps new people find the show. We are on TuneIn Radio. We're on Stitcher Radio. We are on Google Play, and we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. And you can always email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Uh, this has been the 2017 Crises Awards and episode 171 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlives show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening, and derp.
understand the DM's fault. Always. <laughs> I still can't run the board. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs>